Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Oh, dear, never stop. Uh, 1990s bear stories. You could never get sick of them. And we might have more bear stories coming up too. The future yet to be written. G'day, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. The number C, uh, seven seed up there. Uh, still struggling on the rankings. Uh, dirt balling it around uh, his, his way around Mexico is Tristan Merlihan. And, of course, Jared Condon, master of ceremonies. Teller of stories of bears, uh, also from readingtheplate.com.au. How are you, gentlemen? Yes, very good, very good. I um, I, I actually had a similar, um, not not story, but I, I felt like I was in a North Sydney Bears uh, story <laughs> last weekend. As, as we all know, I was down at Melbourne for a conference and um, very rare for me, but my phone went dead on Wednesday night and I woke up to eight messages and missed calls from my wife on Thursday morning and Charlotte had fallen out of the bed and ended up in hospital with needing six or eight stitches. So Ooh. I am no longer in the top 10 in the uh, <laughs> in the rankings in the Merlihan household. We've got a couple of budgerigars and goldfish, which has surpassed me. So it's been a tough week. I've been sleeping on the couch, but we're hopefully back. We've got a big week of footy to look forward to. Oh, dear. Well, Tristan, that actually sounds like a weekend for Jimmy when he's lost a couple of lunch bets and the phone goes off for a couple of days. But, yes, you uh, you certainly would not have been the flavour. And, uh, Jimmy, talking about the North Sydney Bears, they're back in a grand final. Who'd have thought it? It feels like 1921 all over again, Jared. <laughs> it was actually 1992, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, not, no, not at a grand final. Reserve oh, you, grade, yes, oh reserve grade, oh reserve grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, it's still in reserve grade, and I was there in nineteen ninety two, sitting in the sitting in the prime seats, and uh, yes, um, the old bears. Was that Gary Smith who was the captain when he said, "Yeah, thanks very much, boy, you deserved it." <laughs> that was his acceptance uh, speech. It was probably something along those lines. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, All right, Jeds, let's get into it. Remember, uh, we like to go back before we go forward. So let's have a look at last week, Jared. Uh, Pretty tough one. Re the uh, rugby league, uh, not so good on the racing, but the NFL for you saluted. Yeah, Jimmy, it was. um, I was certainly keen about uh, the storm that didn't get home. Uh, I agree with you two guys about liking the Knights at the value. Well, mm. there was zero value in that game and it would have been a long flight home. So we were wrong on both of those. Um, I think we ended up with the second in the racing. Uh, but the good old NFL all up of the Eagles into the 49ers, into the Cowboys, never looked in doubt. Dollar ninety six was the great price. And um, as we touched on last week, the NFL's back in swinging and we'll get to that in a moment. But certainly those three key teams seem to be up and about and 
three of the favoured ones longer terms in the, the Eagles, the 49ers and the Cowboys. And on the lunch bet side of things, yes. Jimmy. Yes. Uh, you've gone from a, a minus four the week before to a plus two. Mm. Uh, I ended up going a minus two. You got me on the storm. You could have ended up with with a, another double on that, but um, lo and behold, you didn't. And then here I am dialing in from uh, Mooloolabar Beach live on the air last Friday afternoon to chat mm. to you about the weekend, forgetting because I'd been busy all morning in meetings and only just got onto the telephone that I'd missed the score in the Eagles-Vikings uh, um, Thursday night US, Friday our time game, and you had the plus seven, I had the minus seven, and all of a sudden you tell me on air that you got home by six. Yeah. You like that, Kirk Cousins? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> oh, so cool, my man Kirk. But anyway, um, that went no, down you're, by you're, 17 at Your one man point. Kirk seems to be uh, on the trade platform, Jimmy. A lot of talk about that at the moment. Yeah, he's um, he's an unlikely uh, American sports hero at the moment. Uh, it must be said. Just on that, can I have take you to the table? How is it that you've suddenly gone up to eleven, Jared? I'm on twelve, but you're eleven. Is that a miss? That, that is, is a Jimmy, should be yeah. a minus one. Should be right. a minus one. Thank heavens for that. Uh, where's, I, Tristan? I just, where's Tristan? Where's Tristan? <laughs> I'm Jimmy. My scores, right? <laughs> Tristan didn't play last week, so yes, that is right. Uh, hey, um, let's get into these games because there's a fair bit to discuss around them. Uh, obviously, some uh, absolutely huge clashes. No surprise, and I'll get your thoughts on this, boys, too. Uh, no surprise that the sides that finished one, two, three, and four are the four sides there in the prelim. So uh, we can have that discussion around whether that needs to change or not. Uh, big news, too, around the officials on the back of Ashley Klein's mistakes last week, and that was not the only thing that led to the change, but there has been a change. Adam G will look after the Penrith versus Storm game, and Jared Sutton will uh, officiate the Broncos v Warriors game. But for the Panthers up against the Storm, the big news, Jerome Luai is back. Isaac Tungle named as well. That is interesting. So I don't know who would go into the centres, whether it's going to be Zach Hosking, Tyrone Peachy's named 18th man, Jack Cogger, Luke Garner, go back to the interchange bench. So that's interesting. No Sonny Luke there. Jack Cogger getting the jump on him as the next in line dummy half. Nathan Cleary had an injury scare on Monday. Got no doubt that he will play on Friday. Less confident around Jerome Hughes. So we'll have to get an update on that. No Xavier Coates, but uh, Tyron Wishart, is onto the bench and Bronson Garlic misses out. Tui Kamikamita has been named subject to a fitness test. I think the market has been very solid on this one, Tristan. Just yes. before we go to the market, Jimmy, sorry, Tristan, um, I wondered if if my mail is that Luai certainly plays, which I'm sure is factored in, but Tago probably doesn't and we'll see Garner step in. I don't think that probably influences it all that much, Tristan. I don't think so. I, I, I think um, obviously Tungo is a good player, but hasn't played in a while, so I don't think it would it would shift the market too significantly. Obviously, Luai and Hughes are two much more influential players, and I think I think they're probably both being factored into playing. So if there is that talk that Jimmy's suggesting that Jerome Hughes doesn't play, I think we certainly will see a move um, towards the minus for the Panthers. But yeah, I don't think it'll shift significantly. Um, 
for the Tungo side of things, but maybe keep that in mind when you're having a look at your try scorer bets if you're wanting to look a little bit early because perhaps there might be a bit of value in some of the other players depending on where they might focus that attack. So yeah. the market does see Penrith very firm favourites, eighteen. The Storm 480. The line's actually ducked in a point. It opened at 13 and a half. It's now 12 and a half. 185 the minus, 195 the plus, 39 and a half the total points. Um, you know, the the Storm, they're just losing troops at the wrong time of the year. They, they, they've obviously picked up a number of injuries over the last while. Penrith played Melbourne late in the season and were, were pretty comprehensive in, in their performance. So it does look like Penrith are going to be too strong with all of their troops back on deck. But I suppose you can't right off any Bellamy team in the finals. But um, I just think with everyone back on deck, Penrith is going to be very, very hard to beat. Just going to a couple of your points, Jimmy. Um, uh, I've, I've mentioned over recent weeks, you know, 17 of the last 22 premiers have won off the back of having the week off, being in the, uh, the top four and then getting into the grand final. And so we've got Penrith and the Broncos here. We have ended up with the final four that was the starting top four. I still think it's the right system. I think it's better than the alternate that we had years ago where, you know, the top of the table was flogging the bottom of the eight. Um, we rarely see somebody from the bottom side of the the um, top eight come through, but I think that we still end up with uh, the best teams into these final weeks and then I think the best teams into the grand final. So I think the system ends up rolling out the right way. Um, certainly Penrith looked very favoured here. Just touching on those changes if for the Storm, one of the things I did notice with Hughes out last week, I thought that Wishart played very well stepping in, but uh, what was very noticeable was they played far less to their right-hand edge than they normally would if Hughes was playing. And so while you know, Wishart scored an early try with a nice dummy and some acceleration on the right. I think if we actually did a bit of a heat map of the Storm's overall play, uh, I would have suggested that 70 to 80% of their favoured option was dominating to the opposite edge and Munster completely overriding all of that play. So uh, if Hughes comes back, I think that balances up a little bit more. If he's out, then I think we'll probably see more of last week. Um, getting to the storm, I just think that, you know, as I've touched on for weeks, they're a different, uh, a different side and I think a weaker side when they've been away. Um, yeah, and I also think that they, this year, especially in semifinals, have been a step below these top-of-the-table teams. The Broncos dusted them up a couple of weeks ago quite comfortably in Brisbane, 26-0. Their record when they've been away those last four games have been 26-28, 26-26, that they're leaking points. Uh, when they played the Panthers during origin period in Melbourne, they led 14-0, and there's a few key points around how they got to that point, but then faded into the second half. Penrith stepped up a gear and then went away with a 34-16 win, and then a few weeks later, well, it was probably uh, four, uh, six or so weeks later when the corresponding match um, round 23 out at Penrith Park you know, Penrith, I thought, were uh, absolutely in uh, command of that event all the way through and ended up with a 26-2 to two decisive win. I think Tristan's right. I think they're picking up injuries. I think they're just um, struggling. I mean, Bellamy's a master this time of the year, but I, I'm just not sure that he's got the right balance and the right troops. And then, you know, Hughes is clearly a question mark whether he plays and or is clearly um, quite busted. And I think that Munster and Grant have been poor. And, you know, I thought Munster 
Uh, again, two key semi-finals in a row uh, was poor last week. I'm not sure. There's some reports that he's still um, wrestling with injury and just trying to play at his best each week, but it's certainly not working with them. Panthers, they're just another level. I think they're on their up. Um, I, you know, the form line, again, we could question about beating the Warriors at Penrith Park, but I just think they look, everything coming together at the right time. They get Luai back. I would expect that their defence dominates, and I thought that the market was probably about right. I'd certainly be with Penrith uh, covering the line. Oh, I can't believe your thoughts on Cameron Munster. So he, we called the game on Friday night, all three of us. So there was, um, I think it was Timmy Manor, no, Mark Carroll, Brett Camorley and myself, all three of us gave three points to Munster for player of the match. So oh, well. what what he did, so I, I totally agree with you, him overriding Tyron Wishart, right? Throw it to me, give it to me, give it to me. He injected himself into the game so much, 17 runs, and uh, and I know that's not necessarily his game, but he's best when he's running. And and the, the effort that he put in, what he showed, I thought was... Not Munster back to his best, but Munster showing everyone else, including everyone involved in the club, how much it means for him uh, to him to play well in those big games. So I, I thought he, even if he hasn't played his, his amazing game that we've seen at origin level, he was still the key figure on the field for the Melbourne Storm. The other key figure is Nelson Asper-Solomona. He's got to start. He's He's got to use him in a different... He had, he had a fantastic first 20 minutes or 17 minutes. He had four runs. He's got to get involved and he's got to get second phase play. And then when Christian Welsh comes on, he's got to get second phase play. They need to play this differently. They need to move this Penrith defence around. It's been proven by the Parramatta Eels who beat them twice during the regular season. Move the defence around. That's your best chance of victory. In saying that, I still don't think they do get a victory over the Penrith side. Little bit of a scare with Nathan Cleary. No problem with Jerome Luai coming back. And physically... This side's just got to be absolutely primed to go. I'm all over the minus 12 and a half for Penrith. Interesting, Jimmy. I guess it's it's all a, clearly a different view. I wouldn't have had Munster in the top five on the on the field last week. I don't doubt that he tried. I don't doubt also, though, in my opinion, that he overplayed his hand. And I thought that he was involved in some poor decision-making, a few poor kick options and some, certainly some poor run options. But more importantly, where he was directing the play... I think the other thing that's been notable for the Storm over the last couple of months, and you touched on it there, is I think that they're one big man short in the middle. And so we see this change of rotation of whether Nelson plays in the middle or plays on an edge. I think the Storm are best when he plays on an edge, but it means that they still have that hole in the middle of that other guy that can do the job that Bromwich has done in the past or some of those others. And, um, yeah, I I just think it, it... yeah, I agree with you. I think it leaves them short. And then if Hughes then ends up being an out this week, um, that's certainly certainly a major issue. The other guy I wanted to give a rap to, I thought Meany was outstanding last yep. week. I thought he was actually one of their best. Um, and a number of those um, bomb takes and defusals that he took, um, I thought, you know, changed a bit of the shape of the game. So uh, he's had an outstanding season. But, you know, he's very, very good, but he's not a Pappenhausen. And that's that other missing spark and link that can change a game that they haven't had this season. One point Tedesco, two points Meany, three points Munster was our three two one. Well, my three two one from last week. What are you doing, Float? Are you doing anything? We're, we're all singing the same, are we? Minus 12 and a half? 
Yeah, I think the minus 12 and a half will be, will be very hard to beat. But just on where you spoke about the final structure, Jimmy, which you know, Jared's touched on, let's not forget we were one minute away from uh, the, the, the team that would finish running 12th for most of the season getting into the into the last four as well. So I, I think it worked out pretty well. We had a high-quality game over there in New Zealand too between uh, the, the Knights, which had a lot of momentum. But I, I think we got the best four teams in the comp uh, still alive and I think it worked out all right. And now we've got a situation where we've got a uh, team playing at their home ground. That's right. Suncorp Stadium is going to host the <laughs> second match. That's the one of the, you know, Brian Fletcher, I'm a great admirer of you, but that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Anyway, um, there's nothing wrong with the Broncos. They are fit, firing. Jesse Arthur's in. Corey Oates misses out. So uh, no problem there. Oates is included as the 18th man. Uh, the 17 for the Warriors is the same that went around last week. So that's good news. No problem with Sean Johnson. Josh Curran had a dislocated finger. Murata Neokora had knee issues, but they are all set to go. This is a great setup, Tristan. It's a great setup. And um, we actually opened the market up at, at 12 and a half uh, after, straight after the game when the Warriors were too good for the uh, for the Knights, and it's been it's been backed in reasonably well. It's into 10 and a half now. 126 the Broncos. $3.90 the Warriors, 10.5 in from 12.5 and 42.5 the total points. Uh, Bronx, obviously, with that week off. The Warriors, they were really impressive there against the Knights. Uh, when the Knights scored just after half time to get back to a try, I thought, oh, here we go, might have a little wobble coming, but uh, they kicked away and they were way too good. They obviously go up in class here against the Broncos. The Broncos have just been so good for for so long over the the back end of this season. And um, if they play and defend like, like they did against the Storm in week one of the finals, I think they'll be winning and they'll be winning pretty comfortably. Yeah, certainly um, have to be with the Broncos here. Again, the advantage of the week off. I thought the most impressive thing about their uh, result two weeks ago was how they defended. Uh, clearly defended to zero, but it was the level of work and intensity and and the scramble that they have and second best defence in the competition. Um, at home, it's only 16 points a week and then we reverse to their attack where they just have so much strike when they have all of these right players uh, in the game. And, you know, they set the platform in the middle and then it just all evolves around. Reynolds calling the shots as he does so well. He was outstanding in that game two weeks ago. And then... Uh, you know, Walsh and that strike, and I'm sure that down that right edge again is where they go off the back of he. Uh, the Warriors, you know, I, I thought they might have been a risk last week. I thought all of that pressure, but hats off to the coach. Uh, their energy was outstanding right from the outset. They were positive, yet calm and balanced. Focus was really good. Johnson playing just made such a huge difference. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit tighter. I think the Knights clearly had hit the wall. Um, my only question mark out of that then is if the Knights were poor as they were, where's the depth in the game? They're going to have support in Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of Kiwis there. And, uh, you know, listen, with with nothing left to have to worry about in terms of pressure or expectation, they can take the game to the Broncos. I think the Broncos end up in the last 20 minutes kicking away. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. And with the Broncos, if I had to, I'm I'm with the line where it is now. I think Tristan's right at 12 and a half. I would have been with the Warriors. Uh, just looks a cracking game. Yeah, they won't die on their feet, will they? Like, um, that's, the, that's the beauty of the Warriors. It's almost like go up there, you've got a free hit, right? No one expects you to win. Uh, maybe there's a level of expectation there. that the, the way they've achieved this year and the way they played last week, 
when we saw how Newcastle played the week before, right? Huge expectation from the the local crowd, and sometimes you can get a little bit nervous around that one. Um, but not so the Warriors. They rolled through up sixteen nil after twelve minutes, got tight again, and then they they kicked away. And they had the most important thing about them: their best players played well. Johnson played well. Torhu Harris was amazing again. So too for Noah Blake. And Wade Egan is fast becoming one of the most accomplished dummy halves in the league, the way he is able to engage defenders and, and create space for, for Sean Johnson. So that that was a really good performance from the Warriors. Now they've got to go over to Suncorp and do it. And uh, unless they get nervous, and I don't see the Broncos getting nervous because Adam Reynolds is there. And if he's calm, everyone else, Kevy might be nervous because this is new territory for Kevy, but if Adam Reynolds stays calm, then you get the sense that Reese Walsh, well, he's confident anyway, no matter what he's doing. We've seen that at state of origin level. If they stay calm and then you get that forward pack that has just created platform all year, then I think it's just set up. It, it's it, I, I'm trying to find a way, and, and I'll, I don't just want to say Penrith are going to play the Broncos in the grand final, but no matter which way you look at this, I think Penrith are going to play the Broncos in the grand final, gents. Yeah, I think you're right, Jimmy. I'm the same as you. I've been looking at those different angles. I I, I can't see uh, the Panthers getting beaten, and I think the Panthers end up going away comfortably. And it's just so difficult to find the right reasons for the Warriors to cause the upset. And and, and the health of the squads is the big. So not only we're we talking health, but we're also talking arrested, healthy squad. So it all works out for those. Um, Jimmy, just quickly, the other angle to that um, Broncos-Warriors game at Suncorp could well be that we do see points. And, yep. you know, 42 and a half did look a little light. Um, I'm not sure I'm jumping into it because if the Broncos' defence aims up and the Warriors hit the wall a little like the Knights last week, then we probably ended up with a lopsided game. I'm not sure that's what I expect, but I did think it's, you know, 42 and a half looked light for what potentially looks at an attacking game. You, you wouldn't go to the unders, though, would you, Jared? Sure. And that'd be no, ridiculous. Jimmy, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the overs, mate. With the overs. That's good. Um, I'm, right. I'm, a, cha- I'm a, a change man now, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. We can all you know move to that at different stages of our life. Uh, Tristan, just before we do go, what is the market for the Premiership as it stands now with four sides remaining? Yeah, we've got Penrith at even money, the Broncos at 240 Melbourne nine fifty and the Warriors are at eleven dollars, so it's pretty much as expected. Um, Penrith and, and Brisbane both actually trimmed up a little bit on the back of uh, the, the, having the week off last week. I think it might have been two ten and two fifty. So yep. that was probably to do with uh, the Melbourne Storm games being such a battle of attrition and, and some injuries being picked up there by both sides. Is probably Melbourne were, were the the most realistic contender out of the other side still left in the comp. So yeah, two dollars two forty the Bronx. It certainly I. I I always look to try to find an upset or an angle to get one of these favourites beat, and even I'm struggling to do that today. So, Tristan, uh, say the Panthers win by 12, the Broncos win by 10, no injuries. Frame a grand final market for us. I think if that were the uh, if that were the outcome, I think we'd we'd have Penrith at a dollar fifty, Brisbane at two sixty. Ooh. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I would suspect there was another one of my competitors that offered a, a sizable price about Penrith to win the comp at the start of the season. <laughs> oh, and yes. I suspect there might be a few people taking the uh, the 260 about the 
Broncos if they happen to get to the finals. So I suspect Penrith will open favourites, probably overs, and there'll be a strong level of support for the Broncos for probably artificial wagering <laughs> reasons. <laughs> And I suspect, Jimmy, that we'd see the Panthers minus six and a half. Six and a half, there you go. There's the line. Okay, okay. All right. So, Jared, uh, pretty straightforward. Panthers at the line, Broncos at the line? Yes, Jimmy. I'm Panthers by 18, Broncos by 16, and I thought the best angle of the weekend was the Panthers to cover the 12 and a half. All right, Jared. Now it's time for the weekend racing tip from you. Of course, a massive weekend of racing. It is, Jimmy. Listen, what about that big race meeting in Sydney? And race eight, what a cracker that is, the Golden Rose. We've got all of these quality horses matching up in a uh, big group one. Starting down the bottom, Charmstone, lovely win last start in Melbourne, but a filly out of Melbourne coming up to Sydney against these good ones. Uh, the good ones are referred to. Libertad for Annabelle Nisham, King Colorado. Big spruik on him. Cylinder, nice win last start. Shinzo won the Golden Slipper and gets Ryan Moore back first up for CJ Waller. Jimmy, I'm with your friend and mine from the past. Up the top, number one, Militarise. Oh. Jose Marrero drops out the ride. $9 to win. Let's have 100 straight up the nose. Oh. Gee, I thought it covered a lot of ground last start. Really nice run. Second up. It'll be strong late. Very good horse. As tipped by the late Ed Kennett for at $41 militarised. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, what do they say? Fortune favours the brave, I think. Uh, taking that at $9 on the nose. So very impressive. But we've got a really good day racing, not just in Sydney, but also in Melbourne, where the Underwood, which traditionally was on uh, NRL Grand Final Day on a Sunday. So they've moved it to a Saturday, I think, for the first time, if, if I'm right. So um, looking forward to seeing how that field uh, shapes up with Alligator Blood, the $3.20 favourite, without a fight at $5, attrition at $8. But I'm just looking at a horse there, Little bit of value, Tuvalu. Um, it's drawn wide, but I, th I think it's got some uh, some big races in it this spring. Eight dollars fifty and two dollars eighty. I'm going to throw a little fifty dollars each way on the nose just to get our spring uh, up and running. So you did that well, Tristan. It's almost like you've rehearsed it. But anyway, so there you go. I'm going to take us to Rose Hill race for number four, Osmosis. Very very fast at the trials. In fact, the whisper is that a few ever slot holders having a look at the three year old. So. Got to be winning here, you would have to think. But where's where are we at with a price, Tristan? It's been a, a you must have obviously let it out to your tipping service, not just earlier in the day, but I reckon in the last five minutes because it's firmed <laughs> up a couple of times. It went two twenty five into two twenty five, now into two dollars. But uh, it might just drift out a little bit uh, to get our bet on at two twenty five. For the listeners, I just want to uh, advise that. Our good friend Jimmy, he uh, for the first time in 18 years, he reckons he forgot to hit the record button. So we <laughs> have done this a couple of times. Three. <laughs> first time in three. That's not bad, Jared. That's very good, Jimmy. Jimmy, I've got a little all up. So if, if yours is going to start at a nice warm price. Yeah. Uh, well, week... just, to, just to clear up to 100 on the nose for that, Tristan. At $2.25. Yeah. We'll honour the price uh, oh, from the last okay. recording before you went and backed it in the meantime in between the two sessions. Uh, this week's Queensland Racing heads up to Toowoomba on Saturday because we have the uh, oh. time-honoured Wheatwood Race 8. I tell you what, the, the horse that will be winning will be the very warm price favourite and has very, been very heavily backed in the last couple of days. 
Uh, race eight, number two, yellow brick, and I think uh, probably starts on the weekend somewhere around the $1.70, $1.60 mark. But it, then we'll head down to uh, Sydney and have a shot at the Silver Eagle into the Golden Eagle, and it's a very nice horse, and uh, I think it's got a very bright group-winning future in front of it. So, Jimmy, there might be your little all-up um, race eight in Toowoomba, number two, yellow brick into your Rose Hilt, uh, Ramwick did. There we go. Yeah. And, and I know you guys love hearing about uh, my misfortune. So I, I think you'll enjoy speaking of Toowoomba going into this race. Huh. If we go to the Toowoomba Cup, uh, there's a horse there, which is now the favourite, number nine at Nickow Spur. It was in the Milo syndication stables for many, many years and uh, got swiftly moved on. Not swiftly, but it, we were given many, many chances. It got moved on about six months ago. It's gone win, win, and now favourite in a Toowoomba <laughs> Cup when it could, couldn't run out of its shadow when it was in the uh, in the red, white, and uh, red, yellow, and blue silks not that long ago. So, uh, yeah, we'll be pulling its tail. $4.50 favourite in the Toowoomba Cup. That's Nick Asper. I reckon I've backed that because of you, uh, Tristan, over the last 12 months. But anyway, uh, there you go. There, there's some. If you are selling any others, let me know, all right? <laughs> <laughs> like, to get, like, to, like to get involved. Tristan, speaking of the Everest, because um, uh, Jimmy's thinking he might have a uh, a starter there that might win on the weekend. The the market, you've still got Giga Kick, uh, well, I guess a pronounced favourite? Yeah, Giga Kick's the $4.60 favourite. Obviously, there's been much made of uh, Craig Williams' ride, and he's no longer in the saddle for its next start. I wish I win at $5.00. Imperatrice at $6. Think about it, six. Private Eye, it was very impressive, $11. In Secret, 13 And Shinzo, $13. So just having a look down there to um, see if we can find it. Osmosis, do you think Jimmy's on the right path and you think it can uh, can win impressively? It's sitting there at $26 in the Everest. So uh, that's going to be an absolutely fantastic race when it gets up and going in a, in a, in a few weeks' time. Is, is that a, a lunch bed opportunity for us, Tristan, or...? A lunch How? bed opportunity. How? Well, is Chris maybe the lunch bed is does osmosis make the field? Jimmy's backing it. We're against it. Yeah, I, I want nothing but good things for my good friend Jimmy, though. So I'd love to see him get the win here and uh, and, and and the horse get into the field. But yeah, we, we could certainly put some lunch bet um, option on the table. I, I'm like you. I only want good things for Jimmy, but I also want lunch bet results. <laughs> Hang on a minute. It reminds me when my kids say stuff and they've got their fingers like this behind their back. And I'm like, hang on, what are you what are you two up to there? No, I'm not getting on that because it's it's beyond performance, right? There's negotiations and all that that has to go on. No. But let's go to the NFL. Maybe we can find something there. Jared, what do you what do you like? Week Maybe three. we might, Jimmy. Listen, uh, I did think the standout this week was uh the four good things. Um certainly all of them uh teams that are favoured by many to be very competitive this year. The, let's go with the 49ers, the Jaguars to win, the Chiefs to win, the Cowboys to win, all up $1.79. I certainly think all four should be winning week three, and we'll just use that as a straight up all up. All right. Uh, Tristan, what about you? Have you seen something that's caught the eye? Yeah, I have. A good judge was mentioning a while back that if you're 0-2 at this point in the season, it makes it very, very difficult. And uh, I know there's a team that's 0-2 that have played pretty well to start the season, but they obviously have a lot of pressure on themselves. The coach is under a bit of pressure. That's the LA Chargers. They're up against Jimmy's man, Kirk Cousins. Uh, $1.93 underdogs away from home. I think the Charge will be bouncing back and be getting the W against the Vikings uh, and to go 1-2 and, and put themselves back in contention. The Vikings are at home, you know that. 
Charges on the road. You understand that? Okay. Well, there's a lunch bet for me, Tristan. Are you prepared? To, I'm going to go, well, my man, Kirk. It feels like he had a win last week. He's just lost by six. But anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm going to back my man, Kirk, in there. So you, you're up for a lunch bet? Absolutely. I'm, I'm very, very happy to oppose Kirk. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll go to the Chargers. And uh, what about you, Jared? Have you, you got a side? You got a, uh, a side on this one? Well, my first concern is uh, which one of you two actually is Kirk. But uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I'm with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, sorry, Ooh. I'm with the Chargers. I think the I think the coach under pressure. Everybody's talking him up as the first coach sacked this season. He needs to pull out a win. He does have a very good quarterback. I'm not sure that he's very astute at using him. But I'm with the Chargers to win this week. He's got the most expensive defensive line, and he's giving up what is it, 15 yards a, a, a down? They're, they're having a shocker. I think he, I think his quarterback stats off the first two weeks are you know in the top five absolutely outstanding and they're yeah. zero and two. Yeah, um, and that misery will continue when you start blowing up at reporters in press conferences. <laughs> you you know you're uh, in for a long season. Uh, my best for the NFL: San Francisco minus ten and a half. They've got the Giants at home at Levi Stadium. So dollar ninety five. That's so that's a crucial ten line there. So. Uh, $1.95 for that one. All right, gents, I think I'm... I'm very excited to see that you're on the 49ers bandwagon. Yeah. It's very good. It's only week three and all of a sudden you're in and taking them at the line. Did you happen to see the footage of uh, Coach Belichick throwing down the uh, the red penalty at the umpire on the sideline on the no, weekend? I, I didn't see it, no. He just had a decision go against him. We're standing there. It literally is. A, it's a Warren Ryan clone, I'm sure. He absolutely had the shits. And a poor uh, referee's reaching down to just move the, um, uh, the the power cord. And Belichick's pulled out the red flag out of his pocket and thrown it at the ground at him because he was asking him to move. And he just had the decision go against him. Great television footage. Yes, uh, Bill's got some issues there. Arguably the greatest NFL coach that's ever lived, but uh, he's got a struggling Patriots at the moment. Uh, gents, I'm pretty sure this one's recorded, so we're all set to go. You can get on with your afternoons now, which is great. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the footy, the racing, the NFL, and we'll do it all next week. Big grand final preview. Thanks, guys. See you, gentlemen. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.